Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, it's me, it's Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. You know, um, I give a shit because it's back to school time, and I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit depressed about it, frankly. I'm just going to say that, put it out there, because I think it's a tough time. It's a tough transition, all the, uh, you know, free time of August, and then all the career pressure. It's career pressure. It's your ego. Okay, let's just be honest about it. You're putting it on yourself. I know, that's what I'm doing. Um, I've got something to promote today, okay? And um, I'm kind of getting a kick out of this. This is kind of ridiculous. Uh, Not ridiculous. I think it's fabulous, but we're actually promoting cleaning up, cleaning up a beach, which is seems to me really ironic because most of the people that uh, are part of this radio station should actually probably start by cleaning up their own apartments instead of trying to get volunteers to clean up a public place. But nevertheless... um, Plum Beach cleanup September 24th and uh, celebrate National Public Lands Day with a family-friendly volunteer cleanup that fights beach garbage. On Saturday, September 24th at 10 a.m., join New York City H2O and Radio Free Brooklyn at Plump Beach, Plum? Plump Beach to protect precious marine habitat and salt marsh. Now I'm feeling it. That's a good thing. After the cleanup, Naturalist Mickey Cohen uh, will have a hands-on marine ecology adventure. Adventure volunteers will see Jamaica's bay, Jamaica Bay's creatures up close. To sign up for the Plum Beach cleanup, visit our website at nych2o.org. That's nych2o.org. Plump Beach is located at Exit 2 off the Belt Parkway. I think that's a really good cause. I'm I'm actually really proud we're part of that. That's cool. Um, And uh, we have an amazing, we have an amazing, I mean, we do all have, most of my, I I don't know which guest isn't amazing anyway, but I am really particularly excited about the guest we have on today. Uh, Before we get to that, I just want to tell you what I'm doing so you can like come, come and be part of it. I'm um, involved, guess, so uh, I got married at age 54, and uh, I really didn't want to get married, and this friend of mine who's a really great uh, filmmaker and uh, a reality TV show editor, RuPaul, Oprah, all this stuff, uh, made a film about me. He followed me around three months before I got married and made a film about me called Cold Feet, and uh, the, ty- the the idea is not every girl, that would be me, dreams of becoming a bride. And I sure did not want to become a bride. I was really obnoxious about it. And it made it into the Bushwick Film Festival, which is screening Sunday, October 2nd. So go to thebushwickfilmfestival.com and get some tickets. Uh, it's a small theater, and it will it will sell out. It's got to, because people know people that know me know about this film, and I know they've been asking when are they going to get to see it. So pro- I can't imagine that it won't sell out. Get your tickets. Don't be disappointed. Also, I'm setting up some uh, studio tours for Bushwick Open Studios, but I've taken up all the time I want to boring you with crap. So we're going to move on. Uh, and uh, my guest today. Hello, guest. It's Patty Johnson, the founder of Artifact City. Hi, Patty. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me in today. Oh, it's great to have you in here. 
So here's here's what uh, Patty and I have agreed, or you know what we're planning on talking about. Um, I'm a huge fan of Patty's blog, as you guys are. Anybody's listening? Shout out Rebecca Goyette. You said you were going to be listening, and uh, and um, I think that um, you know we all see Patty around. If you're in the art scene at all, you see Patty around. You probably may have seen her at a conference or a fair, and you may have even seen her at one of her great fundraisers or something like that. But honestly. When do we really get to talk about Patty? How do we? We don't really even get to know you, Patty, do we? Do you feel that way too, a little bit? Um. Well, I feel like I know a lot of people through uh, social media, then I get to talk to them that way. Um, but I don't actually talk to that many people IRL. So um, that I mean, means I think, in real life. Yes. The, <laughs> the kids these days, we use these slogans. I know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's actually it's very nice to have a chance to come on and just um, you mm-hmm. know talk to people. So this is my impression of you, Patty. You, um, I wanted to read this quote that I found that you that you said to uh, Vice Magazine uh, when they were interviewing you. It's a great interview. If you guys look it up, Vice Magazine, Patty Johnson. You said expression is the most powerful and interesting thing you can do with your life. I think you said that, Patty, right? Um, so my impression of you, and I, I think this is really a true state. I mean, this struck me as something that, uh, kind of gets to what my impression of you is. We've spent, you know, we're not BFFs. We've definitely spent time together, but, um, so I'm going to use the word impression, even though I consider you a friend. Uh, um, and the thing is, is that my impression of you is that I think that you are really like in love with what you do and you are really motivated and you are, I mean, I know that you have, you know, a a whole other life and everything else, but I think that your focus is really your work. Does that make sense? I mean, I never used to have any life whatsoever. The fact that I have except for work and I wanted it that way. Um, I think that now I have a little bit more um, of a sort of, um, for lack of a better word, personal life. But mm-hmm. like, still, I I would say that nine times out of time, like my choice of things to do is always like, you know, what show can I see? How can I, you know, what artist can I talk to? You know, what can I do to engage in the art world in some way? And that's because I genuinely believe that it is. Um, a place of potential. And I think it is, as I said in that quote and vice, like it is the most interesting thing you can do with your life. And what do you mean a place of potential? What does that mean to you? I mean, I think that, well, I guess it's a very open-ended statement, but I think that there's, uh, you know, when we work creatively, it helps us think about issues and ideas and forms and um, aesthetics in um, broader ways. So um, mm-hmm. I think that it's a mm-hmm. place of potential because it allows us to think differently. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, like many people in the field, I, I uh, place a real importance on difference. 
and mm-hmm. um, diversity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, but what you said rings true to me from what I, my impression of you, my sense of you is that, um, like I remember a few years ago, I found out you mentioned you had a boyfriend just casually and you said you, you said today you've been in a relationship for six years. And I remember being surprised, like, oh, Patty has a boyfriend? Like, as if, you know, that, you know, you just seem so focused on your work, like you're saying. And I remember thinking that. So, so, yeah, I mean, I honestly believe it's a small miracle that that even happened. <laughs> no, well, like, I, well, no, I wouldn't go I, that far, but <laughs> no, I'm not saying that in terms of like you self-deprecating, know, like a lot. Yes, go ahead. Well, I actually didn't mean it that way. Though. <laughs> well, everybody else on this show does. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think it's like I think it's a really powerful thing to do to be really interested in your work and to be yes. that focused. Yes, you know, absolutely. I, I would say that I didn't have a lot of space in my life for other people, and it really wasn't until the right person came along that I had any space. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's like, and it's still like I still spend most of my time working because it's. It's fulfilling. Yeah, it's fulfilling. I think that is, um, I mean, I think, you know, you you have, you know, you are, I mean, I see you and I think many people see you as a very successful person, particularly in the sense that you came up with something all on your own, have made it into something really substantial and meaningful and um, effective and affecting. Uh, and I think that um, it would take somebody with your level of it, it, and you can't discipline yourself to do to be what you're to do what you're doing. I mean, you have to you have to feel it. You have to have the drive. And um, so, what it, it's kind of interesting. What I'm so what I'm thinking about is I'm kind of wanting to get to see what that other side is because we kind of. You know, I imagine we can get to know you through your writing, so we want to know a little bit what's behind that, but also who you are behind. Be in addition, but I also um, am curious as to why you what it what about you that you wound up being so focused? Were you always so focused? Yeah, I was always this focused. I do not come from a family of dilettantes. Like, we all have one thing that we like, and then we do it obsessively. And that is who we are. That is a Johnson quality. I'm very proud of it. Um, but mm-hmm. it used to be when I was growing up, you know, I like the thing that I was most interested in was art. So, um, and at the time, I did a lot of drawing and um, and made a lot of artwork in high school. Like, I would just disappear for, like days. I remember actually, I took off three days from school Mm -hmm. just to finish a painting because I thought it was that important. Wow. It was a painting. It was a reproduction. (laughs) of. It was like a printout of some clip art. (laughs) That sounds insane. That just sounds insane. I painted like every pixel and it was this like 40 by, you know, 30 canvas. It was, you know, it was a terrible painting, I realize now. Well, you know, it it was, I mean, it was a great, great high schooler painting. And I was, Mm -hmm. you know... I was obsessed. I, I mean, although, you know, there was also some sort of side effects that were not so great. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working on that painting, and my mother told me that she had to have an operation, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear her. 
Literally. I literally didn't. Was it a serious operation? I mean, had you noticed that she was sick or how, how did that she manifest? No, she wasn't sick. She but how did that manifest itself? Was she, were you working on the painting and then all of a sudden you go, Mom, and then, you know, your dad says, she's in the hospital. No, 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 nothing like that. It was just she was telling me that she'd been to the doctor. The doctor said that she needed to get this, like, you know, routine surgery done, and she was nervous about it. And I was so into what I was doing, I did not hear it. And she was like, Mm -hmm. gee, thanks a lot, Patty. And when she said that, I think, like, that was one of the great moments of of shame in my life where I was like, oh, like this this thing that I have that is a great gift Mm -hmm. is also a thing that can be a problem if you don't, you know, if you don't work on it. So there's... You know, that's, I, and been, I think that's the, that's the, that is the, the truth. charm and downfall. Charm and downfall is a term I use a lot. Yeah. I think it's the truth of any gift that you are given is that, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a powerful thing and like things that are powerful can, um, work positively and negatively. Right. Um, yeah, self-involved is a word I've heard in reference to myself as well. I mean, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, let's just let's just say it, for God's sakes. Um, but I find that really interesting, what you just said about your family. Like, what, what do you, like, you guys are all, so they're all like you? Yeah, that, well. How they, did that happen? Like, what was that like? How did you grow up? And how did that manifest itself? Well, I mean, everybody in my family is different skill sets so you know my brother is an architect i know more about you know mm-hmm. um uh, curtain walls than is he, any is, normal person should because mm-hmm. he is obsessed with that you is know? he successful i mean in the way that he's created something bigger big outside himself in the way that you have well he works for a large architecture firm so he's not running his own business but i think that is in his long-term uh, plan. So I, I would expect that. Um, but he has, he has a, a job. very similar career trajectory. Yeah. So he has a job. I mean, architecture is a lot harder to like do on your own as opposed to a blog. But um, so he has a job that is like pretty much the f- of architects are like that anyway. I think my dad well, was an architect, so he's a very focused guy. Does he have a family or anything? Or yeah, he has a family. Um, he goes to work at 7 a.m. every morning mm-hmm. so that he can get back by about 4 to see his kids because they're toddlers. Oh. Um, so, you know, he Patty. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely true. Um, what about his wife? What does she do? Uh, she runs a small business. Um, so she, she runs something called Plentiful, which... Um, um, sells like organic soaps and skin products. Oh, cool. Is he older or younger? Uh, all of my siblings are younger. So he is a twin. Um, so my brothers are identical twins. The other, he lives in Edmonton, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Other and we brother. should say you're from Canada. Yeah. Where, where exactly in Canada? Uh, and, uh, is it like Guelph, a, Ontario. Is it like a small town that you were from or? That's uh, how well, I, I, grew up, I grew up on a farm. Oh. Um, so yeah, so I, it's just a little bit outside of Toronto. Um, uh, 
Oh, well, that explains it. There was nothing to do. I get it. And no people. So now I get it. That makes perfect sense that you're that. No. But well, anyway. I knew immediately that I think I was about five when I was like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm not living on a farm. <laughs> did you have, did, were there animals and stuff like that? Was it that oh, yeah. kind of farm? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did there your parents like, sell milk or what? They, well, they, um, my mother was a writer and my, my dad's, uh, an accountant, but they had a hobby farm and oh. then they, um, then they rented the rest of the, the land mm-hmm. and the barn out. So there were like, ah. so we had like sheep, we had cows, we had pigs, pigs didn't last very long. Um, we had a horse for wow. a small period Did of Did you time. ride horses and all that? I did, but not this horse. We mm-hmm, just rode. Mm-hmm. I, I had, see. I went to a, a different pet. barn. Right, right. Um, so were, so you weren't like real like farmer. Were Were you working on the farm as well? Was that part of your responsibilities growing up? Uh yeah, because you know every Saturday my parents would sell um the vegetables at the market. So um, mm-hmm. you know we would have to pick things in the garden. Um, mm-hmm. all Friday. So they had free child labor. I get it. Just like in the old days. I'm telling you, I knew right away this was not for me. <laughs> I cannot stand picking vegetables. Mm-hmm. But I went back recently just because, you know, their tomatoes are better than anybody else's. Oh, yeah. So. Tomatoes suck now. Store-bought mm-hmm. tomatoes. So what So were they, what about your other siblings and were they, were your parents, okay, I'm just going to combine all these questions. Were your parents really driven, and are your other siblings driven? Um, my parents were very driven. I, um, I mean, they just worked extraordinarily long hours, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's sort of been true of um, pretty much everyone. So, mm-hmm. my brother mm-hmm. um, is in New Zealand. He's a, a physics high school teacher and mm. is designing the curriculum for the for the country mm. um, <laughs> <Wow>. and yeah <laughs> okay um, <laughs> overachievers yes well i don't know if over overachievers really fair but let's say high achiever so go ahead yeah my sister um is a um she does workplace rehabilitation oh and they're all so. kind of like socially conscious things no yeah, the the family we uh we have very similar political views on most things. I think you know we had one Bernie supporter in the family. Uh, um, what do you, you guys are was, Hillary supporters? Yeah, I mean as much as anybody can be can be living in Canada, but yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I have to do a station ID, and I just want to say thanks for listening to uh, Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm having a lovely conversation here with Patty Johnson of Art Fag City. Uh, I'm so, okay, uh, I'm wondering about, what was it like for you in high school? Did you have friends, or were you just like so, in, were you always like an A student too? Uh, I was a anxious student. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that I was very conscious of my grades and I generally got A's, but um, I did not get A's in, say, math. Right. Um, and I was very self-conscious about that. Ah, um, not your talent. Yeah, no, we all have, we all have our talents. <laughs> that one was mine. But... Um, Were you competitive? Did you, was it part of it where you, like, I wanted to be the best in the class too? Do you have that? 
Oh, yeah. That's why, I mean, that's why I was conscious of my grades. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, what grade you get if you don't know what anybody else got? Like, really? Huh? Yeah, no. I mean, the whole point is to do well. So. And, and, um, so when you were growing up, did your family, like, I'm getting this image of your family, like, with everybody in their own room, just totally locked in there in their activity. Was it like that? Or how was that? Um, I don't think it was quite like that. I mean, I did a lot is because we didn't, we were, um, how do I say this? We were not a family of readers. You know, I think that, um, I was very involved in art and theater. So I spent a lot of time, oh, like, theater. you know, participating in, in the like high school plays and oh. things like that. My brothers and my sister were phenomenally athletic, so most of their spare time was spent um, on the various athletic teams that they were on. So most of us were not in our room and not at the house. But you're talking about, what's interesting to me is that you're talking about organized social activities. Um, So I guess, and I think it's really interesting that you were into theater. What was your role in theater? Were you the actor? Were you the writer? What role? Uh, I Did was, you like being on stage? Oh, I loved being on stage. Mm. I was an actor. I played um, Elizabeth in Frankenstein. I played a guard in Julie, mm-hmm. which was this Canadian play about, mm. uh, uh, well, not Junie, Juvie, about... Um, uh, juveniles? juveniles? Delinquents? Yeah. Did you play a juvenile delinquent? No, I played no. a guard. That makes my, sense to me. <laughs> my role was just to deliver like these lines like robot style, which ah. I did. Oh. So, did you ever think about pursuing theater? Oh, I thought I was going to actually be that an actress. A, I thought I was going to, and then when I started looking at like what the programs look like in different schools, I kind of thought this isn't that interesting. Hmm. So, it just didn't. It seemed, and the reality of it wasn't as interesting as what you might imagine it would be. Yeah, ultimately, I just couldn't imagine spending my whole day that way, Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm kind of glad I made that decision. So what about, um, like, socializing in high school? Because I'm getting this impression that, like, most of your socializing, that there was, this is the impression, and I have no idea what the reality is, but my impression of you, like, in high school, is that you... um, you know, we're home a lot, doing your thing, um, studying. Uh, maybe the teachers liked you. Uh, you didn't have that much of a social life, and the social life you had might have been around organized activities. So, does that is that is there any? Tr- did I get that right in any way, or can you? Con- what was well, high school like for you? <laughs> um, I would say that I was not a particularly popular kid, um, just because I was very nervous. Um, and shy, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't have like tons of friends, and I'm not sure. You maybe you don't enjoy, or maybe I don't know if you still. I mean, I don't. You know, do you did you not like enjoy socializing? Maybe, or what were you nervous about? Or oh, you know, you know, when you're a teenager, you're like, I mean, I think just general what teenagers are nervous about. Which yeah, is everything. I had, like, lots of anxiety. Like, do I look nice enough? Do, you know, am I pretty enough to have friends? Am I, like, smart enough to have friends? Oh, you know, am I telling, a, you know, a nice, like, a funny enough joke? Like, uh, these right. sorts of, like... Normal you, things. That's you know, very normal, of course. For a teenager, it's not normal 
for an adult, I don't think. But like, <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't have that kind of anxiety now, and mm-hmm. I definitely like. I think it's my favorite thing to hang out with people. That's like, well, this is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Like that definitely is an evolution from um, mm-hmm. from high school, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the thing is, is I kind of knew it then too. I just, you know, I just wasn't. I didn't have that experience yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, did you go to a small high school? Um, I'm not sure what large is. I think there. I mean, I think there was like maybe a thousand kids that went to it. Now that sounds pretty large. So it wasn't like way out in the sticks with like a. It wasn't a one room schoolhouse thing. No, there was like uh, there were three high schools mm-hmm. in Guelph, mm-hmm. um, and I went to one of mm-hmm. them. They were mm-hmm. all. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. It's public school in Canada, so they're all the same. Right. So you and, um, like, what happened, um, I mean, when, you know, your life must have changed a lot when you went to college. Is Did it? Did it? Yeah. Like, did your perspective of everything change then? Well, that was, I mean, I was really looking forward to college because, you know, in high school you have to take a lot of electives and things that you really have no interest in. Mm-hmm. And that was quite apparent to me. Like, when I was not interested in something, it was very difficult to do anything. Uh-huh, so, like, right. here mm-hmm. was an opportunity to go and, like, study art and spend all of your time doing that. Mm-hmm. So when I got to university, I spent, like... 20 hours a day just like thinking looking talking about art like i'm not even i mean not 20 because i guess four hours sleep i usually got like between you know maybe do not need sleep do you not need a lot of sleep um i need about i can't function on very well on less than six hours oh so So i'm like a normal person a normal yeah yeah right uh so when you talk about studying art in college, where you what what does that mean? Does that mean making art, looking at art, writing about art? I was making art at that time. Um, you know, I was in a studio program. Uh, I did not know that I knew that I would be good at writing, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have to do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember. Writing something maybe in my second year that was, like, very simple and plain. And, like, one of my students was, I, you know, I called, like, I called something the chicken and egg theory of of art. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, that's so simple. Anybody could think of that. And I thought, well, yeah, that's why it works. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's, like, I try to bring that to my writing, right? Like, it really, like... They really, I think, like, the most profound observations sometimes are, like, mm-hmm. the simplest. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, so, um, you, did you learn about art? Like, how did, I mean, I'm not hearing that there were any artists or, you know, I mean, your brother's an architect, but, you know, artsy types in your family. So, Well, my mother you... was really artsy, so, I mean, she, um, she didn't. It was sort of a weird mix because uh, my mother has a is like very artsy, thinks creatively. She's mm-hmm. very very smart in that way. And my mm-hmm. but like she can't um, she can't draw th- things very well and mm-hmm. have them look good or mm-hmm. like she doesn't have a very good. What did you say she did again? Uh, she's a writer. Oh, she's a writer. Oh yep. God. Well, what kind of writer? 
Um, well, she, well now oh, she's... Oh, now it's coming together. Jesus. Yeah. Well, well, now she's an ESL teacher, but she edited um, the newspaper of uh, for uh, the Aramasa Community News for mm-hmm. s- several years in mm-hmm. our town, this, like, small magazine mm-hmm. for Guelph um, mm-hmm. for several years. So she spent, like... I don't know, maybe like 15, 20 years in writing. So it's interesting that she was a writer, but it didn't occur to you to become a writer, even though you obviously have a gift for it, right? What was well, your did... perception of writing? What What did it seem like to you as her watching her be a writer? Uh, I mean, mostly I just listened to her complain about her um, contributors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. She didn't. She didn't pump up the like writing is great. <laughs> no. Well, the thing is, is I think I was too young to really get into a lot of the nitty gritty. Like mm-hmm. when she talks to me about it now, it's like so fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cause she like. I mean, to me, like when she tells me about these things, I'm like, oh my god, you're a powerhouse. You know, like she went to the community board meetings. And nobody had thought to cover them. And, like, people really? were falling asleep in the community board meetings, but they were, dis- like, deciding these, like, really important things. So she reported on it, and she was like, so-and-so is asleep, you know? Wow! <laughs> and, like, then, and like so people, like, would just, like, wait for her editorials to oh come out. Oh, my God! Like, really into them. Wow, now I'm getting, so, now I'm getting the connection. Because yeah. you like, I mean, you you you're you're pretty fearless, right? I mean, you're pretty fearless. You say what you want to say, what you believe is true. You you say what you believe. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. I mean, which is which. I mean, I, I wish everybody was like that. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but I feel like really compelled to, and I don't feel like the piece is truthful unless I can. Like I, you know, I would kill a piece. That doesn't say what I think before mm-hmm. publishing it mm-hmm. because it's just not going to be any good. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I mean, you. it seems like you um, it's funny because I'm picturing like a shy kid who was alone. But um, it seems like and somebody who's so focused in their in their work, but it seems like that there may be like a profound way of connecting with humanity for you through your writing. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, well, you that know that may substitute for actually in re- some in real life uh, experiences, perhaps. Sometimes, yeah, because I mean, if you spend like ten hours at your computer, like some, you're going to sacrifice some face to face time with somebody, you know. Of course, and that's the way it works. But then those ten hours that you spend at the computer, you probably solve some really interesting problems. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing more, like there's just nothing more satisfying than solving. Mm-hmm. An intellectual mm-hmm. problem, mm-hmm. like as and as like figuring out the way to like express a you know and interpret like um as expression through aesthetics. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. There's a physics in there, isn't there? Kind of something about it is very. Um, what's the word? I don't know. I don't know. It just occurred to me. That made sense to me. Uh, which which doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm just thinking about how uh, your feedback. Yeah, so do you, 
what kind of feedback or how does getting feedback affect you? You know, people writing writing to you, people talking to you. I mean, I'm sure you get some different kinds of feedback, but how does that kind of finish the connection for you, getting the feedback? I mean, putting it out there is obviously really satisfying, but then what role does actually hearing back? having it come back to you. What's that? What, what's that like for you? What role is that? Um, well, usually I really like it because I, I mean, I've spent as many years now, like working in comment threads. So I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you like that part. Yeah. I mean, I think that you've, I find that, um, I think that comment forms are maybe a little less fun than they used to be well i mean they have a bad rap that doesn't mean all of them but yeah Yeah. i mean some of them do the the you know the stupid public one you know mainstream ones do for sure well i mean i think if they're unmoderated they're Uh, by definition a problem i see what you're saying um but then also i think i've just found that people are kind of less open to um different opinions Mm. and i think i mean that's specifically you know, usually to do with political um, positions, but it has to do with, um, I mean, you know, I wrote a piece recently um, about uh, Gawker Media because they um, right. were forced out of right. out of business. And mm-hmm. uh, my opinion was that that was, uh, did not bode well um, for the publishing industry. And I think there were, you know, definitely, there were several people on on my comment threads that felt that Gawker Media was, um, you know, it didn't matter because Gawker Media was so terrible to begin with. Well, that- you're you're talking about the bigger issue of people of well, you know, under the trope of political correctness, which is sort of covering up a lot of stuff right now and inhibiting everybody. Right? Is that what you're talking about? Kind of. That people are becoming more afraid to say what they think because they get jumped on? Well, that's, I mean, that's one thing. I mean, I guess what I was saying is that um, one thing that I've found fairly consistently right from the start is that um, a lot of people don't know how to comment politely. Oh. (laughs) Well. I don't like I have friends that have talked to me in ways that I feel are completely inappropriate and they would never say those things to me in person like actual like real life friends so you think that like they're just angry or why I mean why what do you think it is I think it's a skill I think commenting is a skill like anything else and I think that you know and I I think that often um People are not don't have that skill. So, do you think it's just um, in consideration, or do you think that people's insecurities are coming out, or people's negativity, or something like that? I don't really know what it is. I know mm-hmm. that, like, but doesn't that make you? Doesn't that make you feel like? I mean, that must that would make me cynical a little bit, or or well, I maybe mean, you're big. Maybe about what. Well, I don't know. I mean, um, that's such a cynical thing to say, I think, but funny. It, that's just how I'm interpreting it, I guess. What, that people are not polite? Uh, yeah. That's not cynical. It's true. I know. 
I know, but it is really <laughs> funny. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. You're right. I mean, people are, aren't polite. You're there right. There are plenty of people who are, but I find that, like, I, I am actually just straight up confused about why it's difficult to be polite to your friends when you're debating the subject online. Like, that's the thing that I find very confusing. And usually, you know, if you have a, if you have the skill, which I think I do, like mm-hmm. I'm usually able to get through that and get to a point. Mm-hmm. But it means having to put up with a lot of shit. Well, maybe it's you just know? a dynamic. Absolutely. Well, maybe it's just a dynamic of arguing where people get in arguments and they take it personally and they mean it. They feel it's all very personal and they lose sight of the fact that they're discussing an intellectual thought and playing with it and looking at it and picking at it instead of having it just be personal. I mean, it's a compliment to really get in, in a uh, discussion with somebody uh, that's um, enlightening w- with somebody who is from a very different point of view. I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's a real show of respect that you want to have an interaction with somebody who may not agree with you. I mean, it does seem like in public it's harder to change your opinion for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I find that myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I some. I sometimes find that it's very difficult when I have, you know, chosen mm-hmm. a particular position mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. hear new information. Mm-hmm. And I've had to walk back things that I've said yeah. online. Yeah, that happens. And that's like, you know, but I think that's natural, right? Like, you, oh, would, yeah. you have a position, you receive new information, you reevaluate based on that new information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it, I think that people, you know, I think that's really heartwarming to people because I think when that happens, there's a feeling of people see the other person's vulnerability and then they see how human you are and they feel closer to you and they like you. Like last week I had, I don't want to digress, but um, there's been a big thing in the comedy community. We had somebody who was involved with that on last week, Allison Clamp and uh, this Comedian Kurt Metzger got hell for talking about rape, and then uh, he really reversed his opinion, and it was all very public, and it really changed everybody's opinion of him. So it's, but it's a great thing when that happens. It really made everybody. It makes people. It's a good demonstration, you know that. It's a great example to to other people to be able to do that. You we know, need to do that more. You know who's really good at that? I think a public figure um, who's like. Mostly in the economics world, but also in the fine art world, is Felix Salmon. Oh, I, I mean, I'm I'm not that familiar with him, but I recognize the name and I'm aware of him. Yeah, yeah. He, where where does he write mostly? I'll check it out. He had he was writing for Reuters, but now I think he's at Fusion. Okay, I will check that out. That's good to know. So I have like a couple more things. Do you realize, we, Patty, we only have 20 minutes left. Can you believe how fast this is going? It goes really fast. I know. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so I want to ask you, so we went from, um, I want to ask you how you met your boyfriend because you were mentioning that, you know, you, you know, that you didn't, well, that it was a surprise to you in a way. And I also like, did you date, did you date much or how did, how did you wind up meeting your boyfriend? You've been in a relationship for six years, you said. Um, I've never dated that much. Um, I mean, was that, was that something you were focused on even, or I don't know. Um, I mean, it's something I wanted. It wasn't something I was focused on. I'm sure that's why I didn't do it a lot. (laughs) Um, but 
Um, I mean, I think also just like sometimes you just know what you like. So when you do know uh. what you like, then that narrows. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like that's. <laughs> so you feel like you so, know yourself pretty well. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should. You've spent a lot of time yes. with yourself. So, but yeah. So, but I, you I'm also a... don't seem that dependent on other people. No, not really. You know, you're really self. I guess that's what what I'm noticing, really, um, which is really interesting. You know, and that's enviable. Of course, as as a fake therapist, I could say it was a defense, perhaps, but I wouldn't assume <laughs> that. I don't think so. I think it's just sort of the way I'm wired. I think maybe so. Yeah, that's great. You don't need humanity. So enviable. Um, so how did you wind up meeting your boyfriend? Like, how did that? How, how the, did how did he lure how did he lure you in? Oh, the way everybody else meets their boyfriends. I met him online. Mm-hmm. I met him on Nerve.com. It took me like three months to get together with him after emailing because mm-hmm. I was kind of not that interested. So you put a personal. You were looking to date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And did yeah. he contact you or did you contact him? He contacted me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it took a while to meet up. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Um. He was. He's a lot older than me. He's nine years older than mm-hmm. me. So I was just. I don't know. I kind of. When I met him, it was I was, thirty. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I just kind of thought, well, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> why is he <laughs> so critical? Why is he, why is he interested in somebody so much younger than him? Um, so, and then we went out and then, I don't know, it didn't really work out. Apparently, after the fact, I learned that he thought I talked too much about Degrassi Junior High. Um, <laughs> Well, he's going to love this then. Yeah. That you talk too much about your high sc- your junior high years? No, Degrassi Junior oh, High. It's a po- it's oh, that's a, something I don't even know about. Yeah, right. Canadian television show that was very popular. Oh, Jesus. So. Is Degrassi that science guy? No. no. Neil, Neil Degrassi? No. Okay. No, Degrassi is the name of a high school. Um, well, actually, no. You know what? I think... Um, you'll have to excuse this digression. I already, I've already been told it's not that interesting, but (laughs) Degrassi, Degrassi was a street. And so the series started off, um, when they were like, I don't know, seven or eight year old kids and they lived on Degrassi street and it was called the kids of Degrassi street. Then it, um, morphed into okay patty i'm shutting this down i'm shutting this down how did you meet the guy i feel like you're i feel like i feel like uh how did i meet him i just met him in a bar like you know No, but so you met him (laughs) i'm getting control back here i am totally taking this back uh so so you met him on he your first date uh after three months didn't go well he uh he thought that you were it sounds like he thought you were boring, frankly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then how did, so then what happened from there? Oh, I don't know. It, I, I just, I don't know. I knew right away that I liked him, but then, you know, he... He didn't call you back? I mean, so you were interested, he wasn't, is that what you're saying? Kind it, of? Yeah, it was just sort of like every co- every couple years, we, you know, I'd have a rebound. Like mm-hmm. I'd break up with somebody, I'd be like, oh, I need a rebound, I'd rebound with him. Then one time I rebounded, and 
You mean you got in touch with him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it was is that both a ways. booty call? I just have to ask you because how do you like? What were you like? I. I mean, I was never great at this, so this is why I'm so mystified. Like, what would you do? Would you just call him up and say, hey, what are you doing? Or, when... Oh, not like that. I, You know, we'd always go and have dinner or something like that. So were you guys were in touch even though you weren't dating? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Like, not not tons. Like, if I was dating with somebody, if I was dating somebody else, I'd try not to contact him that much because I did <laughs> feel like that was... So did you, were you taking the initiative in all this? Weren't you, you're not worried about rejection or... I mean, of course. I mean, I was rejected a lot. But the thing is, is that with with Stephen, like, it was not, we never had a bad breakup or anything like mm-hmm. that. We would just, you know, he would just be like, I'm not ready. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to meet somebody else then. So it's drifting and in then, and out. And then, you know, I'd meet somebody else who wouldn't work out. And then I'd say, hey, you want to meet up? And, mm-hmm. you know, it just happened that one time, like, mm-hmm. it's like, basically, I just wore him down. You know, wow, and like that's what he says, and I don't think it's untrue. Like, you know, I was focused. What I was you, very yeah. focused, and I got what I wanted. But it's also really interesting. <laughs> and now that you have it, well, no. Um, so, but what's really interesting is that um, there, there's like, I don't know what to say. Like, there, it seems like there's a lack of self consciousness in your. Uh, willingness to pursue him to me it sounds like most i mean i think with him for sure because like you know it's not whenever we had decided okay this isn't working out like we talk so well together like it Mm -hmm. was really like there was never any hard feelings it was never like sometimes it was sad but it was like i always trusted him Hmm, that's pretty interesting and he was that kind of guy like he wasn't like a lot of guys would just, it would just go right to their, their directly into their ego. They'd be like, this chick's after me. All the chicks are after me. I don't, I'm not going to have anything to do with her. She's stalking me, just like all the women that love me. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't like that. I think a lot of guys, when a lot of guys do get like that when they're pursued by women, no? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would date anybody like that. I don't think you would I either, not, personally, but... but no. But you know what I'm saying. I want my, my listeners to know that this isn't like, don't try this at home. <laughs> um, that it's not, t- I don't think it's, well, it w- certainly isn't typical in my experience. That's all I'm saying. But, um, and then how did it finally, like, gel? Um, well, that was sort of a weird thing where, like, um, I went out with somebody else and I discovered that it was a date. Mm-hmm. And we kissed at the end and I kind of thought, oh, good. You know, now I can now I can use this incident to have a conversation with Steven and see whether <laughs> he wants this to go any further. Because I was pretty sure he, he, he he'd be would, jealous. So not, you manipulated him. It, not, you, that, not that necessarily, but I was pretty uh-huh. sure that this would force a decision. And I thought the decision was moving in the direction of more seriousness anyway. Ah. Um, but it just, it was funny because like, all this happened, it was like during a snow, like this massive snowstorm, I was supposed to go to Chicago for, um, I can't remember, it was an art fair, or I don't know what it was, but, mm-hmm. so I was, I was going to fly out, but the, the flight got canceled a couple times, and f- <clears throat> that was in the middle of the week, finally I'm flying out on fr- on Sunday, 
and I'm just going straight to Sacramento to install this show. Mm-hmm. And like, um, it's Valentine's Day, and I'm like, okay, Stephen, we got to have this talk, you know. Mm. And I, like the last thing I wanted to do was have it on Valentine's Day, but mm. you know, we we did our thing. We we do dates at the Dwayne Reed because we both really like the drugstore. I store. love that. I love that. And we had a conversation. We're like, okay. You know, I told him about it, and he's like, okay, let's like, let's do this. Let's progress slowly, you know, but this mm-hmm, will be mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more serious. And so I thought, okay, great, you know. Did you tell him that you did, that you kissed a guy, or or did yeah. you, oh, what, yeah. what did you do? Did you say, like, what, what, what are we doing here because I already just made out with somebody. I'm going to make out with them again if you don't step up? I mean, up? I, obviously, I didn't put an ultimatum. I just said, <laughs> no. like, look, this happened, and I felt a little weird about it. Like, what do you think? Like, is this something that we think... <laughs> We're okay with, or is this something that's not that's not okay? Because for me, I think I would prefer for it not to be okay. Oh wow! Look at that. That is beautiful. That was like really honest, direct, and vulnerable. But you're so self possessed in a way that it doesn't seem like you were. Were you afraid? I don't hear any fear in there. I don't know. Well, I'm not afraid now. Obviously. Were you afraid like, then? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, okay. But like you know, you like those that's things. what you knew what you wanted. Yeah, and also I just think it's, like, really important to be honest all the time. And that's, like, again, Mm. like, you know, in my writing, like, I always Mm -hmm. try to make sure that the statements are as clear as possible and honest. So it serves you well in life. And then you never have regrets about what you say because you feel like it was honest. Honest but polite, which is a big a big um, important part of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that I've never had regrets about things that I say. I definitely have. But, like, you know, the fact is, is that if you... It's a good way to live. Yeah, if you can... If you can pull it off. If if you can can know what honesty is, you have to know yourself. I mean, I would say that you must know yourself pretty well if you can really directly feel like you're being honest and you know what that honesty is. I mean, that's pretty cool. Props for that. Props. Um, so then, um, so that kind of was a turning point. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like our, yeah. So our anniversary is actually Valentine's day. Oh, that's so sweet. And then it'll be six years this year, seven years. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) We'll ask him. Are you guys, do you guys live together and stuff like that? Yeah. So, um, um, you don't have to answer this, but like marriage, kids, um, possible, well, kids are not possible. I think I'm a little, I'm getting to be a little too old for that. But did you did you want that? I think, you know, at one point maybe I did. But, um, you know, I guess it's more like I never imagined not having kids until now, where now I imagine not having kids. But the thing is, is that having kids would at this point require me to, like, totally change my life. Yeah. So... You know, I have, you know, I run a nonprofit organization. It takes up a lot of my time. Right. And, like, you know, my main goal with a nonprofit organization is to bring it into greater fiscal sustainability right, right. now. Um, and, I mean, that may sound a little bit boring, but no. it's actually not very boring if you're Sensible. It, Sensible. You know? Yeah. So uh, it's really important to me that we, you know, raise the operating budget so that everybody gets living wages and, and that includes myself. And mm-hmm. until that happens, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't get to have kids. So 
that's like, and I, you know, I just like, I, and Steven doesn't want them. So like, you know, I'm not going to like give up my boyfriend, my job, my like, Every, like my mm-hmm. life just mm-hmm. so that I can have this kid that I don't even know I'll like. So. <laughs> well, you know, don't get me started because uh, I'm very, I'm like, oh my God, who wants, to, if you want to have kids, I think people that want to have kids are like, I don't get it, but that's just me. So don't get me started on that. I'm with you on this. Um, do you really like, do you, do you ever think like you really want to have kids or is that just what you, it no, seemed like you were I mean, going to do? I, the thing is, it just seemed like that's what I would do because that's what everybody does. But, I mean, I think the thing is, is that if I were so driven by it, I would have done it already like yeah. everything else, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know I like art. I did it right away. Yeah. I mean, you also seem like your life is really full. I don't know if... Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see any room for kids, but I'm in no position to... to. I mean, you know, I, what do I know? I mean, you know, it... Yeah, I can see why you're not why you're not looking to have children um so you guys you guys live together it sounds like you're you know you have it you have children already you have your your blog and and you're trying to uh give that you know make help that grow up right isn't that kind of yeah no that's definitely the case yeah so that's 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 enough um and has and what does he do uh steven is a fact checker um oh and does he um is he as driven as you are or no. does he have an he's not <laughs> no. driven he's i mean he's a beautiful person but he is that is not the way he is wired what is what is he i mean fact checking he has a job as a fact checker and then so does he he probably doesn't work the hours that you do what else does he do what else does he like what the hell I mean, does he do what does the hell does he do while you're at your computer all the time is what i'm asking yeah he's uh, i mean he's definitely more of a dilettante than i am he like knows things about ah, all kinds that, like, he's he well-rounded it. yeah you know he um he's doing a lot of um he's making a lot of music right now oh wow um, that's what he does in his spare time but... and you're interested in that i read you were interested in you know you you're interested in sound art and sound stuff do you guys have that in common yeah, I mean, he keeps actually, you know, um it was I guess uh 6 years ago now we we did um that I put together a record called The Sound of Art. Yeah, oh, he was involved in that. He well, he wasn't. He was at the sales table. That was about it. <laughs> That's um, involvement. <laughs> yeah. No, but um so The Sound of Art was like a basically it was a noise record where we put um, samples of art sounds that we found in galleries in Brooklyn and Manhattan. We divided it into mm-hmm, uh, Brooklyn and mm-hmm, Manhattan. And mm-hmm. these were like, you know, they could be like 30-minute or 30-second samples or like, you know, seven-minute samples. Yeah, it's cool. And it's on It's on your website. It's on your website. We only have like five minutes left, and I just want to get to the I'm interrupting you, Patty. That's it. I'm shutting that down, too. So... <laughs> Uh, no one's ever going to come on the show again after 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 today. I think I'm just saying that you can use it as samples, and that's what Stephen did. Oh, so nice, that's nice, the oh, nice. Of that, story. that is really great. Uh, so S- Stephen's interested in music. What does he bring to? I mean, does he like? Is he? I picture him out living like the world and bringing it back to you. Patty, look at this. We could go do this. This is happening. Is that what some of it is like? Or does he? No, get, he's like this. It's the opposite because like I'm out all the time, like going to shows uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a house mouse, so he uh, likes to. 
you know, I'll come back and be like, oh, here's this song I made. Oh, oh like, that's, that's cool. And what does he think about art? Is he really into it or is well, it He used to be an art writer, so. Oh, really? And then what happened? Um, you know, I think like many people, he just kind of got sick of it all. Oh, so he's so he's kind of he's 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 attached to the same field. I get it. So Patty, we have four minutes for you to talk about what's going on with Artifact City and where you're taking it and what 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 visions you have and whatever else we can learn about Artifact City or the art world, whatever it is. Go. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the big thing with art. Or Fag City, um, which I guess is now technically called RF City, mm-hmm, um, right? Is uh, that we have our nonprofit status, so that's a big deal for us, and that happened in October, and that's meant like a lot of changes behind the scenes that you, I think, readers will very soon um, be able to experience because there's going to be a whole, like a huge, huge web web mm. redesign oh. because. You know, I think anybody who follows Art of City closely, and for those who don't, like, you know, we're primarily known as a, as a publication, but we also ha- um, organize exhibitions and events that mm-hmm. uh, pertain to um, to artists, mm-hmm. usually. We're a very artist-centered mm-hmm. publication and organization, and we now, ha- like, sort of officially have these, like, three prongs that... Mm have been fleshed out. Mm-hmm. So we have the, and on the website, you'll see this. Well, you know, we have a section just for the events that we do. We have a section just for the exhibitions that we put on. We have mm-hmm. the blog. So, you know, it's a much larger scope than it mm-hmm. was when it when it began. And that's natural because I began sure. as a single author blog and now it's a full organization with right. staff and right. all the rest. And a board. And a board, and yeah, and so it's, you know, it's a really exciting time for us, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to so if putting I say, forward that new Yeah, place. no, that's, that's exciting stuff. So is there a way to describe it so we can understand it? Like, I would say, like, if I said Art, Fi- Art F City was a blog... Uh, or started as a blog, would you say now it's an institution, or what would you? Is there a way to put it in organ, just an organization, maybe? Or how do you how do you see it? How do you see it like maturing or developing? I mean, I would say I would describe us as an responsive, artist-centered nonprofit organization okay. that works to um, support artist-centered. Um, activities in one way or another so you know i think you guys i i think that you in particular but many people in the brooklyn um scene and beyond who are artists know that there is this burgeoning very sort of exciting scene that is artist-centered and artist-run and it's filled with just life and vitality Mm. and it's all about um, just running your own initiatives, mm-hmm. regardless of you know whatever mm-hmm. art fair is out there, whatever commercial endeavor mm-hmm. there is, and just doing your own shit. And I think that's like the space that you know we think is 
where there is the most potential and that's where we want to be and that's who we want to support well you you know you really uh this is a great note to end on and you just really cheered me up patty um <laughs> thanks it's good to be reminded that that stuff is a priority and it's not all about the you know the other part of the art world which is really the art market is that, that's what we're saying right